The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world brave enough to tell our coach that we don't think we should be out there. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and maybe we just don't have that dog in us, Jordan. (laughs) We're just being honest, all right? Sorry for telling the truth that we just believe that someone else should come in here and finish this podcast. Yes, Jake, we are going to talk about George Kirby later on in the show, but it is Monday, which means we are going to wrap the weekend telling you every series result from Thursday through Saturday. Jake is in Philadelphia. We'll talk about the series that he is about to watch. Uh, Jason Dominguez has a torn UCL. That hurts his arm and my heart at the same time. Uh, A couple other bits of news. John Means is coming back tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Orioles feeling good even after yesterday's weird game. And, yes, of course, we are going to spend three and a half hours dissecting every word that David Wells said on Old Timers Day. Just kidding. That sounds like a terrible time. We'll spend a couple minutes on it. Jake Minute. Jake Mintz, it is September 11th. It is Monday. We are approaching the postseason. But I will say that this Past weekend slate of games, I watched a lot of ball. This is the first weekend I didn't have anything going on in a while. But it wasn't the most, uh, there was a lot going on. But in terms of the stakes, there weren't that many series where I was like, oh my God, that is a huge deal. But we're going to talk about all of them anyway. Let's begin with the sweeps. Only two sweeps on the weekend. The Blue Jays taking care of business at home against the Kansas City. We have the worst record in baseball, Royals. Wow. And the San Francisco Giants. Getting off their L6 Schneid with a sweep at home against the Rockies of Colorado. I got to say, that Sunday night baseball game, about the least interested I've ever been in in a Sunday night baseball game, with all due respect to Keaton Wynn. Let's start in Toronto. What did you catch uh, from this series? Everything about this series felt like a postseason series. The Rogers Center was packed. It was making tons of noise. The Blue Jays were rolling on all cylinders. Bo Bichette was back except for the fact that the Kansas City Royals were the team in the other dugout because, boy, oh, boy, are they stinky. B-U. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Before we shower some love on the Jays, I just want to talk about Bobby Witt Jr. for a quick second. He's so good, dude. Oh. Dude, he's he's so so good. good. It's been awesome because, like, he has been a talking point. I haven't seen him in person this year. But he has been a talking point 
anytime I've been at in Cincinnati talking to opposing teams, talking about Ellie, talking about Julio, talking about everyone's like, oh, and Bobby Witt, like that guy's also like the yeah. truth. And it's so true. He had um, a sequence where he hit a double, was on second base. Jose Barrios tried to pick him at second, and he just ran to third on first move and stole the base, bang, bang, because he's the fastest player in the world, basically. And then he scored on like a tapper back to the pitcher with one out. Yeah. Where he's just going on contact and score. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's an amazing baseball player. Just made a run for himself. Yep. So yep. shouts out to Bobby Witt. The Royals stink, but he is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. He's up to 40. That was his 40th steal uh, of the season. But the Royals just had their 100th loss. They're the first team to 100 losses. <laughs> They're well on their way to their worst uh, team in uh, record in franchise history. Congratulations to them. But the Blue Jays, who have quietly played a little bit better recently, they've won eight of that out of their last 10. This is what you should do when the worst team in baseball is coming to your house. And it was looking like on Sunday it was getting a little dicey because they were facing Randy Johnson, a.k.a. Cole Reagans, but they managed to get through and sweep them. Having Bo back is such a big deal. Kevin Kiermeyer continues to deliver offensively, incredibly. And mo I think what's really important is that Springer is finally heating up. He has been a basically just a non-factor for the first three, four months of the season. That is a massive, massive name at the top of their lineup that has just not been very impactful. If he can start going, you get Bo back. Now we start seeing the Blue Jays, which is good. Did you see how the Blue Jays uh, tied the game with Cole Reagan? I did. First I did. and so third, I... two outs, and Cole Reagan's just going wild pitch, wild pitch, wild pitch, all yeah. straight to the backstop. Yes. So this was very weird, very concerning. I don't know if we got an answer from the Royals afterwards, so sorry if I missed this. Uh, I was locked into this game. This was the game I chose to watch because I've been so fascinated with Cole Reagan's, and I just was watching every pitch of this game from the start. And Cole Reagan was awesome. Like he for five innings, he looked pretty much. I mean, the command was a little shakier than normal, but like he only allowed one hit. The velo was there. He was throwing five pitches, all of them for like it was really impressive. And then yeah, so what happened before the wild pitch? He slipped. Like there was one pitch where he literally just like fell down, and I think they either called it a balk or like a non-pitch, and then they redid it, and then he just threw three more to the backstop. Super weird. Super concerning. Hopefully that's not Cole Reagan just getting the yips. I hope not. But either way, it was a, it was a hell of a way for the Royals to uh, find a way to lose that game. I mean, Cole Reagan's has pitched well, and then the bullpen their bullpen is is a true atrocity. So I mean, it's, there's a chance that they would have blown the game anyway. But yeah, that was very very strange, and I hope Cole Reagan's is okay. And then the last point from this series, Kevin Kiermeyer, yeah, is heating back up. But the coolest moment was him addressing the home crowd on Sunday. Did you see this? No, I didn't. So Kevin Kiermeyer is in Tampa forever. And I'm not trying to crap on Tampa's fan base. I'm, that's not what I'm doing here. Kevin Kiermeyer has probably never played that many home games in front of for what looked to be 40,000 people on mm -hmm. Sunday. And he was like the player of the game and he did the post-game interview. And for some reason, it was hooked up to the, the crowd, like the loudspeaker in the stadium, and he took the mic and he was like, Blue Jays fans, we need you coming out. Oh, you've been great all season. Like, he's, you know, getting the crowd hyped after the win. And it was just like, good for Kevin Kiermeyer. This could yeah. have gone a totally other way. 
where he had gone to Toronto and fallen off a cliff after being one of the best defenders in the sport for a decade. And instead, it's his team. Kind of weirdly enough, yeah. Like he I mean, I is it, he's a huge. He has been one of their best players, right? I agree. Yeah. Even even if he had just been like an okay fourth outfielder, where there never would have been a situation where Kevin Kiermaier was getting the mic at the end of the game, <laughs> you know? Right. Like that's, that's really what, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. shouts out to him. Big series coming up for the Blue Jays with the Rangers coming into town. Two fan bases that hilariously still hate each other after the Jose Bautista homer and the Rugnetto door face punch that will be very entertaining quickly on giants rockies giants sweeping the rockies in san francisco yes very good no notes mitch hanniger heating up the uh saturday game or maybe no i think it was the the friday game tie block did you see this mm. no i didn't i block. talk about watch none of this series at all so so uh <laughs> rocky starter tie block was great through six and then gave up block to block to block home runs Oh, that's unfortunate. That's kind of how it's been going for uh, for the Rockies of Colorado, who have been officially eliminated. They are the worst team in the National League by like 11 games. They are truly terrible. So good for the Giants. As I said, if they weren't going to win this series, if they weren't going to sweep this series, they probably had no chance. But now they are a game and a half back. Let's move to the opportunities from the weekend. We had three four-game sets. Tampa Bay taking three of four over Seattle. Arizona taking three of four over the Cubs. And the Angels, three of four over the Guardians of Cleveland. Let's begin in Tampa Bay. We're going to talk about George Kirby at length in the second half of the show. Uh, But this was just the Mariners running out of gas at the end of a 10-game road trip. They go three and seven uh, on this 10-game trip to the Mets, to the Reds, and then to the Rays. They squeak out the one nothing victory on Thursday, which was an impressive hanging on for dear life. And then the pitching's just catching up to them. They have to push Brian Wu back because he's tired. They have to use Luke Weaver. It's just none of Bryce Miller's, you know, he's way past his career high in innings. Like it's all kind of coming, coming back. And then, and then the crazy thing is then they have to fly from Tampa and play tonight at home in Anaheim. You very rarely see the back-to-back pl- uh, you know, playing Thursday and Monday, especially with that kind of travel. So the schedule gods not being very nice to Seattle, but the Rays took care of business. Isak Paredes had a huge weekend. Randy had some big moments. Um, and the Rays, the Rays are the Rays are really good. And the Rays at home, especially, are just they are Rays at home is one of the best teams in baseball easily. And so they really kind of bounced back after that Thursday one. Mariners, a little bit of concern. Uh, but I mean, you know, they're going home, gonna face the Angels. I think they'll be okay. But they are they are tired. I mean, this is a tough time to play 13 games in 13 days. Nobody wants that five seed. You get that five seed, you gotta play the Rays. At home, exactly. Exactly. That was the great irony: is they, 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 by getting their ass kicked by Tampa, they fall to the six seed. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, actually, this is maybe for the best. Um, anyway, okay, let's move on to Diamondbacks over Cubs. This was a, this was actually a fun one. This was a fun series, probably the the premier series of the weekend. D backs going for the mop on Sunday. Cubs bouncing back, getting that Sunday victory. Uh, takeaways from this one: I got to watch Game Two of the series, the Friday game in the Brewers clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So I was at Yankee Stadium. The Brewers were there. And for whatever reason, so most teams, their clubhouse availability for the media is about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer than that. For whatever reason, the Brewers was an hour and a half from like 3.30 to 5. And I didn't really have that much to do when it was raining. So I stayed in there for most of it. And the last four innings of the 
Cubs Diamondbacks game was on. And this was when Zach Gallen threw the complete game shutout mm-hmm. and there were a bunch of close plays and it was zero zero for a whole lot of the game. And watching the Brewers watch the Cubs lose was super fun. Because you're used to having teams say things like, oh, we don't scoreboard watch. And it was not the case. Like the the Brewers players were just locked in to this one. Uh, I asked Craig Council about it after. I was like, do you tell them anything about scoreboard watching? And he's like, no, like when the game starts, no one cares. He's like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. just like, that's not true. a thing. That's what he was scoreboard like, he was watching. Like, the game TV. being on in the clubhouse is just entertainment. He's like, it could be the U.S. Open. <laughs> right. I was like, well, yes, think- but I was like, yes, but uh, Alcaraz Medvedev uh, d- does not have a, any bearing on how you guys are doing. Right, right. You know, exactly. That's that's a great way to put it. So, yeah, I I, 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 I mean, I understand uh, Craig Council's dismissal, but it's it's not an accident, right? If they had, you know, if they had the A's Mariners or the Rays Mariners game on, they're not watching it quite as closely. That's just a fact. Right. That said, that game in particular, Zach Gallen, I love that Zach Gallen performance because the whole week it felt like we haven't really done a lot of awards chat on the show uh, recently, but I think we're heading towards some really interesting discussions in terms, and, and particularly NL Cy Young. I feel like the whole week was a lot of discourse of like Strider, Snell. Oh, is it maybe Logan Webb? Oh, Justin Steele. And then Zach Allen's like, hey guys, uh, here's a complete game. Shut up. <laughs> so like this one's going to come down to the wire. Zach Allen, when he is on, is so much fun to, so much fun to watch. Uh, we saw Jordan Lawler's debut over the weekend. He made some really nice plays uh, defensively. And yeah, it was, I mean, I was impressed with Arizona. Like that was that we, we were looking for one of these NL teams, NL wildcard teams to say, hey, I'm a good team. And that was an I'm in a good team performance over the weekend from Arizona. I heard a Brewers player refer to the Arizona Diamondbacks as the show snakes. Have you ever heard no. <laughs> that said ever before? No, that's interesting. Is that okay? So, what, what do we take from that? What do we take from that? Is that saying that, like, that it's a compliment, presumably, right? But to me, it's like almost you show referring to the big leagues is almost like you're saying, like, he was thinking about like the minor league. Diamondbacks, like no, 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 those are the show snakes. <laughs> the show snakes. I loved it. The sh- I think it was like who's closing for the show snakes. Someone said, "Oh, it's Seawalt." Okay, okay, got it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so last, yeah, I was impressed. Uh, last opportunity of the weekend was hilarious. Angels over the Guardians. Just a great way for the waiver wire saga to oh. end. An mm. irrelevant wet fart of nothing. Yeah. These two teams just pulling each other down simultaneously we'll talk a little bit about uh mike trout trade chatter after the break but who angels over guardians i think sam bloom put it perfectly where he said angels pitched well they win the series three to one they are still 60 and 80 whatever (laughs) you know like whatever yeah and lucas going seven innings giving up three massive homers and still striking out nine going you know no 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 walks like I don't know what to make of Lucas at this point. Like, I, I just feel bad for him that he's been on three shitty teams in one season. And, and admittedly, he has not exactly contributed, as, as no. he said. <laughs> he's admitted he has not exactly pitched well. Uh, and then the other thing is Otani still hasn't played. They, have, they still haven't ruled him out for the season, but he didn't. still has not played since his oblique injury. Let's move to the 2-1 series. These are in a totally random order, so bear with us here. We begin in the Bronx, where the Brewers... Taking two of three from the Yankees, but most people will remember the Sunday game, which went 13 innings, I believe. Yankees being no hit for 10 of those innings. 11? 11 of those innings, I think. Corbin Burns versus Garrett Cole. 
absolutely delivered. And then after that, it was just, it's so funny how like when you have a, when you have an ace off, you know, for, for lack of a better term, you have an ace off and then those two pitchers are, oh, this is so great. And then as soon as those guys leave, then you're just like, God, these offenses fucking suck. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like, oh no, it's fine. Like when they're losing, you know, when Garrett Burns is setting them down, you're like, it's it's cool. But that you was can't get a run off cases. of Anthony. You can't get a run off Anthony Mashevitz. What are you but, doing? But that that's the thing. Of course, the Yankees are the ones being no hit, but it's not like the Brewers' offense was was blowing anybody's doors off. Like that was the whole problem that, that they end up losing because of exactly that. So just a, a crushing loss for Milwaukee. Uh, honestly, and and I guess for the Yankees, I guess the win of the season, even though it was embarrassing <laughs> in a lot of fronts. So Giancarlo hits a big homer late, uh, and then Higgy, of course, you know one of their best hitters, really really driving in the winning run. So Milwaukee generally, uh, you know, I guess still taking care of business, getting the series win here. But that's one that you know when every game matters, y- you can imagine that's that that one's gonna hurt. Cardinals taking two out of three from the Reds in Cincinnati. Not a great showing from a Reds team who needs all the wins they can get. I talked last week. Let me just say, never believe anything you hear on a podcast because this stupid asshole right here said, oh, I'll take the Reds in the NL wildcard because they have the easiest schedule. And then they lose a series to the Cardinals. So your strength of schedule only matters as much as your own strength. Yes. And that has been the issue is the Reds are very injured. They're finally getting healthy. Joey Votto, Jonathan India both come back on Sunday. Both of them homer. Votto homering on his 40th birthday. Very, very, very cool. Now, I will say, though, I think that when we talk about strength of schedule, and yes, the Cardinals are a part of that because their record sucks, that offense is moving right now. Like that, they're pitching snap. They're putting out a bunch of guys that probably should not be pitching in the major leagues. But at the same time, like this lineup is still playing every day and it is not a fun lineup to face. And I'm not surprised that they, uh, especially with the pitching injuries that the Reds have had, that they struggle to contain St. Louis, especially in that ballpark. Really good Hunter Green start on Sunday. That was good to see. Yep. 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 Uh, let's move to Boston. This was, I mean, we had the, what was it? What was it? 1-1, whatever the tie final score was in New York with the 13 innings. 13-12 to 12 on Saturday. The Red Sox become just the sixth team in Major League history to to uh, rack up 23 hits and lose, and the first one in like 100 years or something. Uh, this was an absolute circus of a game and honestly felt like the end of the Red Sox. I know they won on Sunday, but the discourse surrounding Boston uh, over the weekend was like, we gotta, we gotta pack it in. This is not happening. We gotta start just playing all the young guys every single time. This is not worth it anymore. And even Alex Cora admitted, like, asked when he was asked about his lineups, like, well, we're still in it. We can't just go to the young guys just yet. Like, we're still in it. And after a game like that, it's like, mm, it's probably not happening, bud. Yeah, that was tough. It also felt a bit like the, not the end, but Jack Flaherty, not it. No, no, that's not happening. No, And with not. John Means hopping back into the rotation, I could see a scenario where Flaherty is moved to the bullpen or the very impressive, rare trade deadline acquisition not on the playoff roster is definitely totally in play, play now. Totally, totally in, in play. play for Jack Flaherty. Because um, he started yeah. that game. He started that Saturday game and just kind of got bombed. Grayson was not great on Sunday, and the Red Sox took the kicker there. Hilarious. Um, did you see uh, two home runs for James McCann on <laughs> September 9th? He only had one other two homer game in his career, which was on September 9th, 2020. Wow. Okay, there you go. And James McCann still getting, I believe he was catching, 
Actually, there's no way he caught that whole game. I know he was catching at the end of the of the crazy game. Maybe he was. I know. I think he did. He caught the he whole did. game because wow. Adley oh my God. on I Sunday. I mean, there's just so many pitches and so many. But that just happens at Fenway, man. Sometimes that that's just – and the Red Sox offense, when it's moving too, can also make some noise. But, but if the other team scores 12 runs, that's a lot less balls that you actually have to catch <laughs> if you think true. about it. There's a lot – your hand doesn't hurt at the end of the day. Let's that's fly true. through the rest of these. Tigers over the White Sox. Tigers over the White Sox. Great. Cool. Yep. Dodgers that sure over- happened. <laughs> that sure happened. Dodgers over the Nationals. Uh, still some weird stuff going on with the Nats, with the Learners, and now the Strasburg yeah, thing is a little bit weirder. I will say, we, we, we may have underplayed that a tiny bit on Friday. Yeah, 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 We're going to yeah, wait yeah, to yeah. see what happens with that one, but that might have been a whiff on our part because the, some the strange stuff statement, going on there. The Learner statement is like, that tracks, that makes sense. Wow, very respectful. And then at the end, it's, we can't wait to see Steven Strasburg at spring training. So, like, oh, wh- shit. What? We're like, why would you say that? Okay, so maybe we'll unpack that some other time. The other thing, the other highlight from this series, Wander Suero. Wander Suero's back in the big leagues pitching against the Nationals for the Dodgers. He's, he's in the Dodgers pitching staff. You know, they're looking for any possible reprieve at this point. And Wander Suero getting the dub in one of those games. So that was pretty funny. Astros winning two out of three against the Padres. Not quite the sweep funeral we wanted but a definitive showing nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, Padres winning the first game and then the Astros just, uh, the, the Padres pitching just had no match for an angry Astros offense. Kyle Tucker, two triples in one inning has only happened like 10 times in Major League history. We're starting to see just like kind of the whole offense come together. Of course, Altuve hitting another home run. So Astros already, what are they now? Two and a half up, I think, in the, in the division. They're not quite running away with it, but they're definitely going to have the opportunity to. Don't be shocked when the Astros win the division. We've been saying it four weeks now. Twins over the Mets. Correa standing O and then homering. Yeah. I got a text from Jack Fritz from WIP in Philadelphia, okay, who is the guy who came up with the Turner standing ovation idea. I got a text from him on Friday night that said, now everyone's going to get a standing O. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what's going to happen. It worked. I mean, it's just such an obvious thing to do. And if it doesn't work, who cares? So uh, good for Jack Fritz, a real uh, addition to the culture. Did Correa, more importantly, Jordan, I think he went ground into a double playlist. You're correct. He did. I just checked that. Um, so Twins win the series. They get shut out on Sunday, uh, but they kind of do what they need to do again. Cleveland is not going to push them, so it's really not going to make that much of a difference. Um, but yes, that was uh, that was the the Twins weekend. Braves over the Pirates. We had a little spice in this one. Braves clinching a postseason spot on Sunday, but Saturday's game where with Pittsburgh won that one. We had Johan Oviedo quietly having a, a very solid season for the Pirates. I got to give give credit to him. He was a trade acquisition from the Cardinals last year, and I think that his development this year has been impressive because. I was so excited about Roanzi Contreras and Luis Ortiz. And Johan Oviedo was like, actually, I'll, I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy. And then we'll see what happens with the other two. But he's been really impressive. He throws inside on Ronald Acuna. And if there's one thing that Acuna does better than anybody, he is he is a drama, a drama king. We will call him that. Anytime he gets hit by a pitch, anytime he gets hit. And listen, I love it. I got no beef with it. Because to me, this is all entertainment. If he wants to be be pissed when someone throws inside, we can get about what, what that means in a second. He likes to be like, oh my gosh, how dare you throw at me? Or if you hit me, I'm going to be on the ground for 25 minutes. I think it's all funny. 
I think it's all fine. Because again, as we've talked about, what does Ronald do? He plays every freaking game. He's not going right. to miss any time. I'm not worried about that. But Oviedo was like, dude, what are you doing? It's the the Gene Segura best performance by an actor in a drama award. Because <laughs> yes. um, no one yes. is better at it than Gene. There was mm-hmm. a great Cattell Marte one where mm-hmm. he fouled uh, in game three, I think, where he fouled a ball off his knee and like went down and like banged the ground and was like writhing in pain mm. and then got up and just had a knock. I love it. I would do the same thing. I was the type of kid in PE class where if I stub my toe, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to the hospital, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have no issue with it. <clears throat> and then, like, you know, if you are Ronald Acuna and you're in the midst of one of the greatest seasons of the last 20 years and you're just getting ready for the playoffs and some dude on the Pirates throws inside on you in a 2-1 count, you're not going to like that. And whether or not it's intentional or not, doesn't matter. I have no issue with either of these guys doing whatever they did. Because... Acuna barks back, got it. Oviedo stands out for himself, barks back, totally fine. No notes, keep on living. Let's move on to the Rangers and the A's. The Rangers lose on Friday, and it's like Armageddon at Globe Life. (laughs) Globe death, end of the earth life field, not good vibes in Arlington, Texas. And then the Rangers wins games two and three. They're hanging on by a bit of a thread here. Corey Seager is still incredible, but they look totally gassed. They're only a half game back in Seattle, but now they have to go up to Toronto and play four against the hot Blue Jays. The Rangers really only won game two because the A's, I think it was in the sixth or the seventh, it was two outs, nobody on. And the A's go walk, 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 Lucas Ersig. Oh, Lucas Pitching change, wild pitch, Rangers win. Yeah, I do quite like Lucas Ersig, uh, converted position player, throws pretty hard, high strikeout rate. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've always said that the best way to tank any season is just have a, a volatile, explosive, flammable bullpen. Because uh, truly, like it, you can just, in moments like that, you're like, all right, normal game, normal game. Oh, never mind, game's over. Oh, okay, just, just had like seven free passes and wild pitches and whatever. And like that's happened to the A's and Royals like 25 times this year. Like that is so many losses. Just add water and bad control, and you're going to be well on your way to a tanky season. Last yes. series to touch on, Marlins two out of three in Philadelphia. Super weird series. Schwarber and Trey Turner are just on it right now. Oh, yeah. If I'm a Phillies fan, I'm a little worried they're hot, getting hot too early. Okay. I, you know I the mean, men in Bla- I, like the men in Blazers thing where they scored, the soccer scored team too scored soon. too early? Yeah, scored no, too that's soon. true. That's true. It does It does sort of feel like that. Um, again, though, we've had some, some Phillies bullpen meltdowns. I mean, everyone's contributing. Sir Anthony, just not the same dude. He's now allowed homers in back-to-back appearances. And the Marlins, the fighting fish, are now thirty and twelve in one run games. I mean, this, and I love yesterday too. You know, they the De La Cruz hits the go ahead homer. They're up by two. The best part is they're finding ways to still win by one run, even when they are up by more. So it's like they both come back and take one. Like no matter what, they're going to win by one, even if they're up by a lot. They've just found ways. Thirty and twelve is just an absurd mark, and it's it's so impressive. And again, Tanner Scott, who I talked about on Friday, looking fantastic. Like he's been able to shut it down. So impressed with this Marlins team. They have flaws for sure, but like that is a huge series victory. Just like Arizona, really impressive going into Chicago to see Chicago and Philadelphia both dropping series at home. I think said a lot about how messy this wild card picture is. 30 
wins in one-run games is actually more wins than the Royals and A's have combined in the entire season, <laughs> not even in one-run game. Yeah. Uh, last thing about that series, the, uh, Ranger Suarez, no-no, into the seventh, I believe, on Sunday into a loss is just a brutal. That's always a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, sorry, this is like a total stray here for San Diego. Do you know the Padres record in one run games? Zero and 162. Uh, six and 22. They are six and 22 in one run games. Marlins 30 and 12. So if you're wondering why the Marlins are seven and a half games up with a minus 46 run differential and the Padres are that far back with a plus 61, there's your answer. And remember, the Padres used to employ Marlins manager Skip Schumacher. So Oops. that's on them. <laughs> Oops. One run Skip, Skip Schumacher. Um, th- this is going to be interesting in terms of, I know we don't care about manager of the year, but come on, Skip's got this shit locked down. <laughs> Last thing about the uh, NL wildcard, and we'll take a break. Could we just do a first four play-in style mini Ooh. tournament? You know, they Ooh, do that now when? in the NCAA. When? Yeah, Monday? On October 2nd. Okay. The last day of the regular season is October 1st. October 2nd, bring everybody. We'll do it in Philly. No, okay, no, no, no. Here's where you should do it. Do it at like a... Oh, no. It would be... It's the last spot, so it would be in Milwaukee. You do no, the no, whole no, no, thing no. in Milwaukee because the, no, the no, winner no. of the tournament is going to play the Brewers, so they're already there. Okay. Reduce travel. Logistically, you're right. Uh, the spirit of none of these teams being good... Send all these teams down to Florida. Do this like perfect game style. Do it on like a like a <laughs> on like a backfield tournament showcase. You start at eight a.m. Every team <laughs> you do it like round robin style. One one counts. <laughs> yes, one one counts. We go seven. No, they eight. should just they should do it at the Dayton Dragon Stadium, like the f- first four. Oh, perfect. Yes, exactly. They they would just, no, but I I think we need I think we need multiple fields. We need multiple games going on at the same time. Can you imagine? You, we we could set up in the tower. You know, you know, oh. the, the scouting director is trying to watch five games at once. Oh, man, that'd be perfect. I'm sure major leaguers would love that arrangement. All right, Jake, let's take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about Jason Dominguez. Oh, makes me sad. John Means is back. George Kirby doesn't want to pitch. What? He hates baseball. David Wells, Mike Trout, and Jake Mintz is back in Philadelphia. Of course he is. We'll be right back. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Hey. Hey, buddy. Let's talk about one of the dumber but interesting stories we've had in the last couple weeks. George Kirby, Mariners pitcher, doesn't want to throw. This has been discourse. Sure has been. So George Kirby uh, pitching on Friday, I believe it was Friday, against the Tampa Bay Rays. Had a bit of a weird outing, but most notably, he went back out for the seventh inning after, you know, he was pitching 
reasonably well, but not that well by George Kirby standards. He goes back out and on his like 103rd pitch gives up a home run uh, that he is not particularly thrilled about. The Rays go on to win this one. And of course, one of the bigger series of the season for the Seattle Mariners. And after the game, uh, George Kirby in his normal uh, post-game scrum, oh, hey, George, what'd you think went well? What'd you think didn't go well? Blah, 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 blah. He is answering a question, and he says the following. I didn't execute. He had a good pitch. Um, I wish I wasn't out there for the seven, to be honest. So I was at 90 pitches, and I didn't, I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but... No, it is what it is. So, is that a conversation in the dugout, or is it? It'll be a conversation soon. Okay, so George Kirby says the quiet part out loud in a way that we do not often see from pitchers, which is basically saying, "I didn't think I should be out there. I had thrown over ninety pitches, and that was his sense." Okay, now. When you first I wonder what, read this, yes. I wonder what David Wells thinks. <laughs> well, we know it. We know what David Wells thought. Uh, he, I don't know if David Wells uh, commented on this, but a lot of other pitchers decided to take this. This was the easiest old school pitcher bait in the history of the universe. And you have every possible pitcher quote tweeting this clip saying, this guy's a bitch, right? This guy doesn't care. This guy, could you imagine that, could you imagine trying to tell me that I had to come out of the game? I would never do this. I have never, ever wanted to leave a baseball game ever in my life. That has never happened. You are a disgrace to your teammates. You hate the sport of baseball. You are a fraud of a competitor. All those obvious things, okay? Everyone should throw 212 pitches every time they pitch, exactly. every time they throw a baseball at all. Exactly. Now, to exactly. be clear, the attitude around the league mm-hmm. about this from players reflects that. Yes. Speaking to people in baseball, we heard from some folks who we consider reasonable, rational human beings who were like, this is a crazy thing to say out loud. The Mariners organization is soft right we i got some of that i went to an indie ball game on saturday uh-huh. and talked to some guys and they were talking about how it's like the worst thing they've ever heard a pitcher say right <laughs> people are incredulous about this in a way that is hilarious okay, the response yes. to it yes and the the fact that pitchers baseball players feel the need to puff up their chest and yell into the void about how embarrassing this is says more about the response like the people responding than the actual thing itself in my opinion that being said that being said i also think it's something that you should not have said oh 100 percent. let's be let's be clear here this is not something that should be communicated to the media this is something that probably happens a lot There's no way that you can tell me that every single pitcher always wants and truly genuinely in their heart of hearts believes they are at their best all the time, right? What this was, was George Kirby admitting something that he probably shouldn't because of the, because of the kind of reaction that it gets, but also the way that it looks for his manager, which is just that, that's the problem here, right? The problem is the way that you're communicating a disagreement with the way that the game was managed 
that is a thing that is, it, no matter what the specific context is, is generally never going to be received well. Now, when you talk about the specific situation where he's saying, I didn't think I need to be out there anymore. Let's let's break that down from the standpoint of like logic and reason. Okay. Not the bravado of every pitcher should want to throw 500 pitches in every game. Okay. What George Kirby is probably thinking is I am not pitching very well. I am more tired than I was. The whole reason we are in this mess and the reason why all these old school people are so pissed is because major league baseball teams have decided Usually, it is better to bring in a relief pitcher than have the tired starting pitcher face the other guys for multiple times. That is how we got to the situation. The funny part about calling the Mariners soft is that they left George Kirby out there because they've seen George Kirby go deep into ballgames. They saw him throw nine innings against the Orioles in a loss not that long ago, right? But what what I'm seeing here is that George Kirby felt like I am pitching like shit. I should not be in this game anymore. George Kirby, he sent after the game because in the first inning, he walked the leadoff guy and then hit someone and walked someone again. He said, and I believe him because the stats back this up, he's never walked or hit multiple batters in a row in his life, okay? So think about that. George Kirby's thinking, I'm pitching like shit. Why am I still in this game? Okay, I am not at my best. I trust my bullpen more. Why am I still in here? Okay, that's probably what he's thinking. Right, and this is a pitcher who is 18th, in innings in baseball. <laughs> right. right. It's not he, like he's been asking. Yeah, exactly. He is 18th with only 27 starts. Like he shows up and he throws innings. This is not like a Blake Snell five and dive type guy. Okay. <laughs> no. And that's what makes this funny. It is a very impressive level of self-awareness for Kirby to say, I don't have it. I think the bullpen is better equipped to get this out right now. That is better for the Seattle Mariners. It is. He's like, I should not be in this game. That person should be. That's how we're going to win. In a weird way, it is an other-centered thought because he cares more about winning the game in theory, right, than racking up innings. And and but what's the problem here is that baseball culture is just not rational all the yes. time. It's it's and that's that, why and, Kirby ends up looking like this. Yes, it's that, and and again, like the the real problem is, yeah, you can't be directly after the game being like my manager fucked up. Like there's other versions right. of this that we've seen, but like this is one that more people are focused on him. The headline of him saying, "I didn't think I need to pitch anymore." Like, okay, right? Think about why it, he would say that. Like, think about think about that that way. It feels weird for us as media people to say this guy should not have said this to the media. I understand that that is weird, but he should not have said this to the media. If he says this to Scott Service, it's a completely different thing. We never hear about it. It's a Mm non-story. This is the type of thing that I bet happens all the time where a pitcher says, hey, that spot, like I just didn't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. Next time, you know, come out and talk to me and we can see where we're at, right? That's the type of thing that I'm sure happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So also, George Kirby is a smart dude, right? And probably too smart for his own good and too honest for his own good in this in this circumstance what's unfortunate is that this is going to stick to him he is going to be known for this for a long time unless he does something to kind of jolt himself out of that narrative which hilariously he did last year. So last year in the playoffs against the Astros, what did he throw? Eight scoreless, seven scoreless in the postseason? Yeah, yeah. Like he's already done. But that's that's the part of it, though, is that that wasn't enough. Like the the real reason you have all these old pitchers 
responding to this is that they they don't know who George Kirby is. Like they haven't heard of him. That's that's the truth. And so right. they're seeing, oh, a pitcher I haven't heard of is complaining about pitching into the seventh inning. Oh my God, like what a disgrace. Look where this game has gone. Like that's that's what's happening here. You know, he's not getting the benefit of the doubt because nobody's heard of him. Now that's stupid because, like you said, he's already earned it. He is somebody who is, has pitched deep into games as well as almost anybody in the league. But that's kind of where we're at. And it's 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 unfortunate. It was a mistake. Was it, does it say something about him as a pitcher? No. And I think I would hope that people. But I'm not I'm not shocked. I was not surprised that this became a massive thing because, as you said, Jake, like. It seems stupid to say, oh, do people, why are we as media members want people to not say things? Well, that's true. And it is weird that people's other reaction is, I wish she wasn't so honest. Like, no, this is interesting. I think it is an interesting discussion. It is an interesting revelation. It is something that can be kind of an intriguing topic to debate. It's not a reflection of George Kirby, the pitcher. So that's where I'm at on that. If you think I'm biased, you're right. (laughs) Or George Kirby, the person. Like, he's not like a bad guy or soft. Like, no. It, he shouldn't have said it, but it doesn't mean anything more than that in our opinion. Yep. Let's quickly talk about Mike Trout, Jordan. Sure. Bob Nightingale, shouts out. Bob Nightingale wrote a big article about Christian Walker, the first baseman for the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks. And this is a hilarious thing that sometimes... It, Passon doesn't really do this, but Nightingale does oh, it a lot. This is and so Rosenthal Heyman. does it sometimes. Heyman does it. Oh, Heyman yeah. does it all the time. Where they'll write an article about something that's not that important. And then they'll just kind of sprinkle in super relevant info as like a bullet point at the bottom of it. So he's writing like 2,000 words on Christian Walker. And then there's a paragraph that's like, the Angels would be open to trading Mike Trout. It's like, uh, I would lead with that. Now, I think the first place to start with this Trout conversation is, as you mentioned, you should lead with it. I mean, is this news? Yes, I think it is. And obviously, anything related to Trout at this point now that we're all in in Otani waiting mode, we're just craving more Angels drama. It's definitely going to be something to watch. And if anything, it is a reminder of the Otani situation as soon as it ends is going to be, we are just going to pivot to will Mike Chuck get traded to the Phillies. So the reason it's relevant and important is that the circumstances have changed. So for the longest time, the Angels could say, we have Trout and Otani in any given year we could win the World Series. And even though they were bad at constructing the rest of the roster around those two guys, that was a rational thought. That is true, right? Now that they are going to lose Otani and they are going to be bad moving forward, most likely, and they understand this by putting all those guys on waivers, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be that good. Mm -hmm. It now makes sense to think about trading Mike Trout. Also, he is an injury risk and he takes up a lot of your payroll. He is no longer the no-doubt... 100% 100% best baseball player in the world. Yeah. Because he has not proven that he can stay healthy at this point in his career. And so it does make sense for the Angels to look into trading Mike Trout if he is open to be moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, there's a difference between looking to trade and willing to trade. And I think your point that the Angels kind of know where they're at now, I think that still might be giving them a little bit too much credit. I think as long as Otani isn't actually on another team, Artie's going to believe he has a chance at him. Um, and I think that Trout, too. You know, I, 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 the injury risk is more an issue than the performance risk. I think he still has basically been every bit as good. But to your point, I mean, this is still a guy that's owed $37 million for each of the next seven seasons, which he earned and deserves when he is on the field. But if he's not on the field, that is a little bit of a different thing. So 
like I said, I, I just think that once the Otani thing gets resolved, we will pivot to this in some form. I would be surprised if anything like this happened. I mean, then you get to the question of there really are a limited number of teams that could realistically do this trade. That's conversation for probably January. Um, but for now, I think it is it is news, but I'm not freaking out about this in, in the same way a lot of people are. But it is hilarious how Bob chose to present it, as always. Speaking about freaking out, David Wells showed up to Yankees Old Timers Day and proved himself to be an old timer. He was wearing a piece of electrical tape over the Nike swoosh on his uniform. Mm -hmm. And so intrepid reporter in front of the show, Brendan Cuddy, asked David Wells, hey, man, what's the deal? And he, David Wells, was like, I hate Nike because they're woke. I hate Bud Light because they're woke. I hate baseball nowadays because it's woke. And it was better when I played. <laughs> and besides David Wells... Uh, offering what is an unfortunate and I would say morally absent take is what I'll say that I personally disagree with. I am happy that he shared his opinion. Number one, here's why. Mm. We should not be shocked that David Wells, a man whose nickname was literally Boomer, <laughs> believes this type of thing, right? This is not shocking to anybody, nor should it be. It's unfortunate and it's bad and it's like not the vibe, but it's not surprising. And if we want athletes to speak out and speak their minds, which we do, this is what we're going to get. And that's a fine byproduct of that because now I know 100% that David Wells is not invited to my wedding. Damn, that's good. I'm glad that we can clear that up because, you know, you are going to start, you know, finalizing that that wedding guest uh, the invite list, and now it's like, all right, you know what, David Wells? Sorry, man. We're going to have Bud Light at our wedding. And so you can... <laughs> um, here's here's my thing of this. First of all, I don't blame... Bre like, this is a case where it's like, you're, everything you said is true. It's like, okay, yes, uh, now we know, uh, whatever. There's part of me that's like, this is the easiest clickbait in the world. I don't blame Brendan Cuddy at all for for having him do this because it's like... Gotta do but it. I'm also just like, this. him saying this is not news. Like, that's the thing that bothers me. It is not news at all that David Wells has these opinions. That said, if we're going to laugh at them, I'm not even going to... I actually think one of the funny... Of course, him saying complaining things are woke is, is embarrassing and insulting, all these things, whatever. I actually want to laugh at one of his baseball takes that he presented, which is him basically being like... He was basically defending Cashman, being like... It's the player's fault. Like, everyone's getting mad at Cash. I love Cash. You know, why are they getting pissed at him? The player's got to perform. Which, like, I think there's some truth to some of that. But my favorite part is where he's like, you know, back in my day, if you sucked, they just send you to AAA. Well, guess what, bud? You can't send Giancarlo Stan to AAA. That's not an option. That's not, you literally cannot do that. <laughs> there is literally not, not an option. <laughs> it's not an option. So, like, you can't just say, oh, DJ LeMayu, you're like, you're 0 for 12 this week. Back to Somerset. You got to learn your lesson. Think about what you've done. Like, no, that's not that's not how Major League Baseball player contracts work. You can't, <laughs> you can't do that. So, I, I love, and maybe he knows that, maybe he doesn't, but it, it's just everything he said, it was just an error. It doesn't matter. I'm just mad. Um, but also, like, when you watch the clip of him talking, it's like, and I feel this way about a lot of people who speak like this, it almost feels like he is playing a character, but I know he does believe it. But it's just, it is like, come on, dude. Like, you're smiling That's, while you're saying, as I read these quotes, I'm like, are you actually mad or are you just playing Boomer because you're Boomer? Well, so that's the thing is that's, 
like I don't want to say I love this story, but I do (laughs) like it at all. I don't love it, but I like that we have it. And here's why. David Wells is the part like this series of quotes from David Wells is the perfect like example of this type of vibe. You see what I'm saying? Like David Wells saying this at Yankees old timers day. That's it. Like we have the set standard, the default, and we can bank that forever. Anyway, Bud Light for everybody. Uh, <laughs> just a quick uh, couple of injury things. Jason Dominguez torn UCL. That's a bummer. I'm not sure what else there is to say about it. If he gets it this week, he'll be back like mid-April, uh, maybe a little I, bit later. I, let's stop assuming everybody's Bryce Harper. I don't know when he's going to be back. I assume he will play at some point next season. You know, Boone says nine to ten months. That's obviously maybe conservative based on what Bryce Harper's shown us is possible. The point is we hope he plays next year. Here's the thing. If he misses all of next season, he will enter 2025 as a 22-year-old. Okay? This fine. guy's career is not over. He is going to, he's clearly going to be a very good player. And as as much as we never want to feel bad for Yankees fans. I feel bad for Yankees fans because this fucking sucks. This is a guy who made his field, not just that I was excited to watch the Yankees for the next month, but also that I was excited to watch the Yankees next year because there's still so many questions about what this roster is going to look like next year. And it seemed like they had an actual answer here in center field. And now they go back to wondering what the hell they're going to do in center for at least a portion of next year when they are going to be trying to win. So that is super shitty. Uh, I feel bad for Jason. I feel bad for the Yankees, but we move on. To some better news, which producer Chris just dropped in the chat. Some news that I honestly thought we would have gotten by now. And that is that friend of the show, former podcast guest, Pete Crow Armstrong, is being called up by the Chicago Cubs. Speaking of center fielder, center field prospects, PCA is going to the north side. This is so exciting. I believe he had two grand slams in the last couple days. His defense has obviously been marvelous. And now he goes to center field for what could be somewhat of a peculiar fit, although I know Bellinger's been playing a lot of first base lately. Cubs are Cubs are going for it, man. They're, they're not fucking around. That that series uh against Arizona kind of kind of shook some sense into him. August 3rd, okay, so about a month and change ago, I sent a text to PCA. I said, Pete, you might fuck around and get yourself called up here before the end of the year. Get hot and see what happens. Go Cubs. And Pete responded, you never know. Just trying to get comfortable in AAA, but I'm going to fuck around and find out for sure. Better believe that. <laughs> and he did. He fucked around, found out. And now, center field, I'm, I'm just looking at the Fangraphs depth chart. Mike Talkman, honestly, one of the better stories of the Cubs season, you know, uh, Illinois native. But uh, PCA is a little bit uh, probably better than <laughs> Mike Talkman, certainly defensively and, and certainly offers the offense. So very curious to see how that, that lineup kind of shakes out. But that's not – they ain't calling PCA up to sit on the bench, right? If they if they wanted him to continue to develop, they were going to leave him in Iowa. And instead, they're deciding he can help us win now. So that is very exciting. Love to see the aggressive moves from the Cubs. Super excited to see what this what this final month kind of holds for Chicago. I know after this weekend was was a little bit disappointing, but – that is that is big time news, um, and yeah, all kinds of fun call ups recently. Last couple nuggets here: John Means, who was the Orioles' best pitcher before they were good, got hurt at the beginning of last season and had a very lengthy Tommy John recovery process. Remember, not everyone is Bryce Harper. He is back, baby. Going to be pitching for the Orioles on Tuesday 
first start back in the big leagues with the birds, and he's entering a very different world. John means the last time he threw, the Orioles were still a joke. Mm -hmm. And now they are not a joke for sure. (laughs) And he, he has been around a lot. Like he's still a part of this team's culture, even though he hasn't played a game for the good Orioles and him getting the moment to experience being on a good version of this team is going to be so cool. But just think about that. He had a great quote. He was asked like, oh, you're going to start. You're going to relieve. And John Mead said, I just want to win a World Series. And while that is in some ways an extremely cliche baseball quote, think about him even being in position to say this with a straight face compared to when he went down, right? Of course, even players on shitty teams say, I want to win a World Series, right? But he's saying this because he's looking at the Orioles and he's like, we can win the World Series, which is an amazing thing for for it to happen this quickly and so, so, so cool. And obviously, we love John Means the person, excited for John Means the pitcher, whether he is coming out of here throwing six scoreless or you know throwing just a few innings in relief, whatever it is. Super excited to have him back on the round. And obviously, it's not like he is important. I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but the Orioles could use some quality innings here and there. Like they they really could. And I'm sure he knows that as well. Uh, Jake. All right, Jordan. I am in Philadelphia this week for the Braves Phillies series. Big one. Very big series. No, eh, actually, not really. More big for the Phillies because the Braves could sleep out their way to the division title at this point. Very interested to see what the lineup looks like today. There's a doubleheader on Monday morning. The Braves clinched a playoff spot last night. They have three players, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and Ronald Acuna Jr., who I believe have played in every single game so far this year. Will they get a day off on a afternoon game doubleheader after a long flight the night before after they clinched a playoff spot? If they don't get a day off, Today, they're never getting one for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe the Wednesday day game going into the off day where you could get them back-to-back, maybe two off days. So, But if they get through this series playing every game, like, yeah, I I think they're going to play every game for the rest of the season. So we will see with that. It's also an interesting series because it is a doubleheader today on Monday, uh, a makeup of of an earlier series that got rained out, which means this is now a four-game series, which means we have six Four-game series starting today, which is the most, I believe, in any week we've had this season. D-backs at Mets. Yankees at Red Sox. Oh, wow. Nobody cares about that one. Nats at Pirates. Another one no one cares about. But as you mentioned, Rangers at Blue Jays and Marlins at Brewers. Those two are absolutely massive for those four teams. So we will keep an eye on that. And then all kinds of other uh, fun series getting going this week. So uh, we will be back on Wednesday. I guess, Jake, you will still be in Philadelphia, so we will see then uh, who has continued to play for the Atlanta Braves. You will check in with us uh, from that series then. Uh, but until then, thank you, Jake Mintz, for recording this from your car with some funny interruptions. Thank you, Chris Tyler, for producing, as always. We will, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, everybody. Talk to you soon. Sirius XM Podcasts. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home Yes, cool! or attending one live, you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.